Hey, everybody. I am uh, not with Squeezer this week, uh, with Kate. Uh, she's here. I, I was a weird intro, Kate. I'm sorry about that, but we're going to keep it because that's the Rad Years podcast. We get weird. And that it's perfectly normal. She, she's so her. So I just did uh, Kate's podcast, Patio Podcast. And when I listen to it, I'm like, this is what a professional podcast sounds like. Well, you know what? After that. <laughs> Uh, Ryan and I hopped off for a minute and um, I went to my garage fridge. So I'm like, I'm going to get like a water, maybe a seltzer. And I had a cherry Coke, like yeah. a mini one, which we like never have. And I'm like, I'm going to give myself a cherry Coke because this feels like the rad years. Is That's like, the I'm way to get, do it. I'm going to get wild. So I'm I, drinking a cherry <laughs> Coke. <laughs> I, I had to take a, a bathroom break to the little boys room in between shows. Cause I've been drinking a zero sugar Pepsi uh they they just redid their logo it's very cool and vintage pepsi uh looking i don't know if you've seen it yet but man oh it's really nice they went kind of back to their old school logo so when we were talking there was one thing when we first started talking real quickly on the patio podcast i'm like okay we're on the same page maybe it was the he-man reference that we both (laughs) enjoyed that show and then you mentioned like your cats, and now you're mentioning Pepsi, and I'm like a dog Coca-Cola person. Oh, it's like, like of different sides of the, the street. I, I, what's that movie, The West Side Story with the gang? Yes. <laughs> like, We're going to dance fight. I like I like Coke Zero, too. I'm not going to lie. I like them okay. both. Yeah, they're both. I So my I grew up in my house. My dad only, uh, we weren't allowed soda growing up. I don't know how you were, but it was like only special treats. Right. But my mom would drink Diet Coke. They'd buy a two liter. My dad would buy a two liter of Coke. That we couldn't touch. And then when I finally started walking back, you know that that gas station with the subway in it across from the Target on Cedar Crest? Yes. That used to be a Texaco. And that was like the closest store to me growing up that I'd walk to. Okay. And and like when I, what, that was my first taste of freedom when I'd go back and uh, be able to buy what, any drink I wanted. And I, I don't know if it was rebelling against the family or what, but it was Pepsi was doing some cool marketing and they, they hooked me. I was saving Pepsi points. I wanted the jet. Yeah. What was the, I mean, I remember Pepsi marketing. Like I remember like a truck driver, like what was their so their, renaissance? Their big thing is they had um, in the nineties, uh, they, they had Shaquille O'Neal. Ah, that's and he it. was the coolest thing. And he they had the Pepsi Big Slam, which was a liter of cola and a diabetes amount of sugar <laughs> that you can. It's this giant. I have an empty one from 1994 on my one of my shelves right here. I'm staring at it. It's one of my most prized possessions. Jeez, and it's one that you drank or no? You no, I bed? wish. No, I I got it from a collector. Okay. I, some of our, our listeners know my proclivities and my love of Pepsi Big Slam, so. Uh, I've gotten some things from them, um, and yeah, that was that was one of them. Oh, and I come right off the bat being a Coke person, so you know. But that's... I do, I do, I do like. Coke. I mean, Coke was they sold us Christmas when we were kids. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I'm happy to be here. Yeah. Okay. So let me introduce 
to everyone you are. We, that's a classic. You're already falling right into the classic rad years tropes of going on a tangent before we it's do anything fun. of substance. I'm, 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 I like it. Um, so I just, I just did a, uh, what 90 minutes with Kate for her podcast and she's jumping now to do ours. Um, and Kate, do you want to just introduce yourself and, and sure. Uh, uh, my name is Kate Caraha. I am the host of the patio podcast, which is a, a new podcast that just wraps season one in the middle of the summer and we'll be launching season two later this month. And it is about Hess's department store. Uh, founded as the Hess Brothers, which was a staple department store in Allentown, Pennsylvania, where Ryan and I are both from. And I explore its history and kind of follow my curiosity about its staying power. Um, I have very few memories of ever being in Hess's. Basically, it had about like a 99-year run. Um, from 1897, it was founded and it officially closed in 1996. The end experienced a lot of what, no matter where you're located in the country, retail was experiencing a lot of changes. Cities were experiencing a lot of changes in those later years. Um, so I have found that Hess's story is many department stores story. Um, however, I do believe it is had a little bit more something special than than others. Um, and I've just always been curious about why I walk out my front door. And my neighbors are still talking about it and why, um, you know, is it Skeeter or Squeezer? Squeezer? <laughs> Skeeter might be his new name, but it's okay, Squeezer. Comes, if Skeeter comes out, you know who I'm talking about. But he oh, he's a sweet boy. one of your episodes, like the Hess's Boxes. Yeah. It is, you might as well throw to me like an American flag on the ground if you throw away your Hess's box. It's just something you do not do. Right. We, everyone who's a local, like you have a Hess's box mm -hmm. and either like your Christmas ornaments are stored in it. Maybe your mom's like throwaway costume jewelry's like tucked away in it. Your list but of enemies. We all have them. I was just suggesting what Squeezer might keep in his Hess's box. What 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 did you say? <laughs> His list of enemies. Yes. Because <laughs> he said he's he know he said the same thing. You don't throw it away. So I'm assuming he still has it. So I'm assuming he uses it to store something, and that's just yeah, my but, hypothesis. Whatever. But yeah. the point is, you just can't get rid of it. So it's just one of these things that's a part of our hometown that uh, you know started. I was just following my curiosity towards it. I am like Ryan and, and Skeeter. That, <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying it on purpose now that I, I like old things. I like um, collecting things. I like a lot of stuff. Um, I'm very interested in it. It's where I feel most at peace is like in the middle of a junkie thrift shop. Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of where... Um, so what, basically when I would be at like local auctions and stuff, it, it was very clear to me that I was one of the youngest people there mm -hmm. and someone who had some like digital creation background. So I just kind of kept being pulled towards, I, I felt a sense of responsibility to bring my local history of this department store into like the new medium of podcasting. And it has become really, um, I think what will remain to be like one of my biggest purposes in life. It's been extremely rewarding in just a couple months. 
That's um, awesome. So, no, when I'm you were happy are, to kind of let loose on the rad years, <laughs> they're ready to let loose. When you were at these, you said like surrounded by junk. Were, were you like searching for like antiques or like home stuff, like decorations? Because a lot of my yeah. stuff is found at more like cons, like comic cons or toy cons. No, yeah. no. Yeah. Um, I can. Re- I when I find when I see that stuff, like a Mickey Mouse hat that's like authentic from Disney, from and it, I mean that's not con or comic-y but you know like no that that, yeah, that really is absolutely yeah, you'll yeah. find that stuff i know i know that that stuff is valuable right. and i i can't tell you how many times i've gone to a thrift shop and maybe you know it's like the good one in kutztown or something and i find a hall of fantastic um like vintage t-shirts that aren't like curated. It's like literally the first time they're coming out of someone's closet. And I'm mm-hmm. like, well, someone threw away like an Orlando magic thing or donated this plus the Mickey mouse hat plus like a wrestling figurine. And I will just buy them. And I'm like, I'm going to sell these. And then I, I twice, two or three times in like, I would say the last seven years I've sat on them and then probably just donated them back. Um, I've gone through periods of time when I am, I have bought and resold on Etsy or um, I used to catalog antiques at an auction house. So like I've consigned some things through them. Maybe I sold th- some things on Facebook marketplace, um, just my own yard sales. I moved two years ago, so I had to kind of liquidate some things, mm-hmm. um, but I'm only buying those things if they're, I mean, if I spend $6 on something, it's very rare mm. um, unless it's a piece of art that's going in my home. Um, but for me, it's more about like the thrill of the hunt. Um, the hunt is I, the best part. Yeah. I started when, when I lived in Philadelphia, um, my last couple of years there, my husband was in grad school. So he was like studying for the GMATs on weekends. I lived right by the state penitentiary uh, by the, in the art museum area. And the Philly flea market, like every weekend you would go to like a new neighborhood and they'd be set up there. So I kind of just started spending my lonely Saturdays walking around uh, these flea markets. And I would, you know, always buy something, but whether it was like costume jewelry um, or like mostly small stuff. I mean, I didn't have a lot of money nor a lot of space. Um, And that's when I kind of became like addicted to it again. Right. Um, Then we purchased my uh, husband's family home that like, and all this stuff in it, basically it was built in 1952 and his parents not only bought the home, but I found out after several years, like bought the curtains, bought the couch, bought the carpet from the previous owners. Mm. So there was like stuff upon stuff in the attic. So, uh, and his dad had passed away many years earlier and a lot of his stuff was still there. And he was like a World War II collector and and he made models. So, um, you know, I'm just doing the flea marketing as, as a a hobby. It's, it's my yoga basically. (laughs) And then I get a letter in the mail from Spink auction house, their, their New York office who they had sold uh, my husband's dad um god like military medals um Mm -hmm. years ago so now they were almost like 
going through their lists of clients of like buyers and sending them letters a decade or two later saying, if you have anything you want to consign, we're going to be at this hotel in Philadelphia, like to evaluate stuff. So I was like, Oh, cool. Like we have boxes and boxes. So I took a box of some things, including some um, metals and we went to Spink or not Spink, but to a hotel, like the waterfront in Philly. And they looked through a box and they're like, okay, we'd like this could stuff could be possibly around like five to $10,000. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I was like, so they, so we signed a paper, they took the stuff to like evaluate it. And, and we were like agreeing that it would be in an auction. Um, and they would let us know like kind of true values and opening bids in a couple months and whatever. And I like left that meeting and I was like, Oh my God, people do this for a living. Mm. Like this is like, I, I just wanted to do it. <laughs> um, and so that's when I started like buying and selling things on Etsy and, um, wanted to learn a little bit more about antiques and started, uh, cataloging them at an auction house. Um, and the last thing I'll say about this story, um, at the time I was, um, you know, had a newborn baby and as a new mom, I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease. So I was very sick and it was several years until I kind of had a proper diagnosis or any bit of a journey to getting back on track Okay, and no lie, um, throughout the next few months right after I like really became obsessed with, <laughs> you know, buying and selling things again, just on Etsy, I like went into remission. It was so good for my like soul. Ah. So it, it has such like a very special place in my heart. So for me, it's a lot of collecting and it is home decor. I like to collect art, anything that's like original and signed that's in a real frame. Right. I'll probably buy it even if I don't like it um, just to see what it's worth. Um, I have some uh, Alex Ross paintings of He-Man and Skeletor in my office. Oh, here. really? They're beautiful. <laughs> They're not signed. I, have, I do have Alex Ross signed art in my office at work, Batman. But okay. we were talking He-Man earlier and then mm -hmm. <laughs> your stuff's probably way classier than mine. But Well, but that, well, so... And that's the thing I, I, I like that. I, the comic books that like my brother was into the comic books. I remember there's a comic book store in Allentown. I would go to with him, but like the way that you, I appreciate a lot of the stuff that you guys talk about, but like, I'm not collecting that. However, yeah. if I, well, once I started to, I guess that's not totally true. I, w I have two sons and I collect like matchbox cars for them. So, um, unique ones. Ooh, dude, and the, the die cast special. collector yeah, market right. is insane. That's nothing I ever got into, but that okay. is insane. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, good to know. Cause I have every now and then I'll be like, why is my double decker bus in the bathtub? <laughs> Get it out of there. Um, but it's fun. And like, I I'm cool with my kids play with some of my stuff because that's, they're not going to care about it if I don't let them touch it. Right. And it, again, but do you have any items that are strictly look upon not to be touched? Um, I'm looking around. Um, uh, you can't let a kid in my house. 
Yeah, no. Like, no. <laughs> I mean, again, because... It would just be heartbreaking for them. All these toys right. in their boxes totally, still. I totally understand that. No, there's nothing. Yeah. Um, and, and when I go back to my parents' house and I find something, like, for instance, something I remembered I had, I had, I found right before the Eagles were in the Super Bowl, um last year i had an eagles troll doll that's uh, in like was a, it a treasure like, troll like a, like a stuffy doll not a oh, little one okay stuffy yeah so it's like a baby doll size it, it, was that something and, you want out of like a, a claw machine or something no like we bought my parents bought it for me in the 90s oh wow like i i got yeah and it has like a jogger suit on, like a swishy suit, like you know, like a jogging suit. If you rub your legs together, it makes it's, a swishing sound. Yeah, like yeah, legit I know. What you would wear? Suit. Soprano suit. It, yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Is it made by um, Russ? Um, I can grab it in a minute and take a look. Um, and I remember I named it Vi Sikahama. <laughs> so I don't know when Vi Sikahama played for them. It's not like this was when he was playing, but right. I think Before I just he was heard on, that uh, name on the TV. ABC and News. Yeah. Yep. He had his own theme song, Vi Guy. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Um, yeah, that's, so I appreciate things like that, yeah. you know? If I see a Ninja Turtle toy that I know is not new, I'll grab that out of a bin for sure. Those are the best. Except the problem is Playmates keeps re-releasing them. So, like, on Carded, you have to, like, do your research to find out if this was an original, if this was, a, uh, like, a, a ni- late 90s re-release, or if this was a more recent re-release, because they've re-released the original Turtles line so many times. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. See, I don't have that level of knowledge, but... I if shouldn't, I, but I do. <laughs> after this, I will probably spend the next 36 hours looking at that kind of stuff, you know? Uh Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, that's, that's how I mean, a lot of my research has come from just getting prepped for the show. Cause yeah, I remember a lot of stuff and you know, I, sometimes I tell a story and I tell it differently because, uh, I don't remember how I told it originally and you never let the truth get in the way of a good story. Right. Right. Of course. So, but, um, you got to fill in the gaps. It's like, I, I feel like, um, John Hammond trying to make dinosaurs sometimes. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of, there's a lot of gaps in the sequence that I got to fill in with toad blood. So, and that toad <laughs> blood is going on Wikipedia and going down rabbit holes. Yeah. Yeah. But for, um, before we get to, to the brother sister dynamic, I want to talk to you about, um, the way I, I stumbled upon the patio podcast was through a friend, George Wacker of Leah Valley with love. Yes. Uh, he posted something about it. And I was like, oh, shit, someone do, is doing a Hess's podcast. And I saw him. I'm like, and I, how do you pronounce your last name again? I'm really bad it's with it. K- Kara Ha. Like the girl's name, Kara, and then Ha. Kara Ha. So I said, Kate Kara Ha. Wait, I know who this is. This is Kate Johnson. <laughs> it's, I I, yeah. like, I know her. And I'm like, I, that's awesome. She's doing a show. And then uh, a friend, Robbie Lawrence, was on your show. Right. And that's when I'm like, all right, I can't put this off anymore. I have to listen. He was like the third or fourth episode. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, um, I posted a picture on or a video on Instagram of all like 30 Hess's boxes decorated underneath my Christmas tree. Yeah. Oh and, God, man. Robbie probably. Well, no. So George saw it oh, and okay. I follow Lehigh Valley with love. I, right. I enjoy it a lot. And, um, and I have a private account so i don't didn't know that he followed me and he liked it and then like tagged three people who were obviously they're like you got he's like you got to see this or something or mother load something like that and and i believe i posted it because i knew i was like going to be launching the podcast in the new year right um so i was like so excited and i said to my husband like 
Pete, the guy from Lehigh Valley with love, like tag people. Like number one, I didn't realize he followed me, but I can like get in touch with him. And he would just be a good person to like say, Hey, how do I start a podcast? You know, yeah. ask some questions to, or just introduce myself. I'm like, but it also just goes to show that the people who know, and I consider him to be one of the people who know, like they know Hess is, is, is special. So that was just like kind of like validation for me that it's a topic that would be interesting to many different people. And if he, he like knows just like you so much about what's happening around town and, and cool things. So I'm like, all right, well then I think that this could be a good idea. And he sent me a message and I think it was like, OMG, I, you need to, I have a guy for you. And it was Robbie. <laughs> that's Robbie. how, that's how Robbie got to me. George was a similar OMG. I have a guy for you. And I'm like, who's yeah. this? He's like, you just got to meet him. You got to interview him. And I ran into Robbie at uh, eating a Vince's cheesesteak at the Allentown fair <laughs> Um, I came up behind him. Was he in line I, to buy their signs or where you were getting? No, music? No. <laughs> um, but his brass rail sign did win. Yeah. won a, a ribbon, right? Yeah. 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 He's, he's um, going places that Robbie Lawrence. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what your audience is like on the rad years, but like have living in a town where there's still like a blue ribbon County fair <laughs> that actually, that would be, if I had a, a time machine, or not, not a time machine, but like if my, if I needed like a mom day or like if my husband, like you go treat yourself, I would buy a ticket to the Allentown fair and look at every stupid I, blue yeah, ribbon thing in there. I am a staunch defender of the Allentown fair. Um, yes. so squeezer and a squeaker and I work it every year. We have to, <laughs> we, uh, we sponsor the main stage. Um, okay. so the, the acts there and we're, we're there yeah. early and, um, a part of our contract is we have to shoot B roll around the fair for commercial purposes. So I usually, you know, I wander around a squeaker cause he's our, our, our sweet little cameraman boy. And part of our, one of our favorite things to do is walk through the ag hall and see all the, the stuff on display. Uh, see, I love the fish tank, um, displays. That's like my favorite. <laughs> Yeah, it's and so when I say silly. Stupid, I say that with the utmost respect. Yeah, no, I, I, no one here, trust me, no one on the show thought that this, this, no one yeah. on this stupid podcast thought that you were saying that in a derogatory term. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, we're self-described stupid. I took a friend to Ag Hall at a different time when they have their uh, super gigantic garage sale like twice a year. Yeah, I've never been and, to that, but. Oh, it's it's great. Me and Robbie talk about that. Yeah, um, you did in the show. Yeah, that's where we found yeah, it. Says yeah. jacket, right? Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But um, it's I think it's probably like the same reason why I love all these just odd things that win ribbons. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's like so I took a friend who he's a writer for Men's Health and is just a, a great like curious guy, one of the best people to hang out with because he's just wants to like. I don't know. He's just, he's just great. Um, he's like, can I go to this with you? He's like, I don't really know like how to, how to navigate a flea market. Like, do I negotiate things? I'm like, yeah, let's go. We were there for four and a half minutes. And he was like, when do my eyes stop bleeding? <laughs> and it was just too much for him. And he was like, how do you, how can you take this all in? It's so much. And like the Allentown fair is kind of like that. And, and I, uh, told I, thrive him, I was in like, it. Yeah, I was like, I, I go, I, I really believe there's like a gene mutation <laughs> for people who can like 
walk in and see like blue ribbon string beans next to the fish tanks next to like a Lego set next to a drawing by a 18 month old next to a upside down pineapple cake and be like, yeah, this makes sense. I think, uh, we call ourselves big picture people. Okay, I do. I, like I, I, I'm always self-described. I could see like, you know, I need help getting through the weeds. Sometimes I'm like, my mind is chaos, but I can, I, I like being able to see the big picture and, and see, see things for what they are before, you know, without necessarily seeing the final product. And, right. and I would assume you're similar in that way. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so when you say like my kids wouldn't have fun, like at your house around your collection. <laughs> well, no, not that they would have fun. They would just would, would want to <laughs> like, open everything. Well, right. Yeah. But when you say open, so are they in like acrylic cases or they're no. just in the original boxes? No, most of them are in Rubbermaid bins in my basement. <laughs> okay. Much okay. to, uh, we call it my girlfriend Enchantress on this show. It's a comic book character that dates back to when we first started dating. We were doing the show and I was like, yeah, I wanted to say, let's just call her Enchantress because I just saw uh, Suicide Squad. Okay. So that's why when I refer to that. So as much to her dismay, yes, the basement is filled with rubber bins with my shit. Okay. Gotcha. Whether it be uh, WWF action figure. In, in my office at work, you could come and there is a, a curio cabinet with the WWF Hasbro action figures from 1989 to 1992 in there. Wow. Cool. The whole, yeah, you're the first person to ever call that cool. <laughs> what? <laughs> Maybe Mike Mittman. I think, do you know Mike Mittman? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I know of him. Yes. So Mike comes in with Larry Holmes every Monday to do the show. He's every time he's in my office, like, wow, Ryan, those are worth a fortune. I'm like, all right, Mike, hands off. <laughs> Back up. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I know we alluded to the fact that we've known each other for a bit um, and not very well. We just, you know, went to the same high school. But you're a little bit like geekier than I would have said you let on in high school. I mean, we're all putting up a facade in high school, aren't we? Yeah, and not like you tried to come across like a cool dude or anything. I would definitely and, did not come across that way. Geek- I know that for sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm obviously I've gotten geekier, um, but yeah, I'm just was surprised to know all this about you. Yeah, I mean, um, you when you knew me at Parkland, you knew I was in television because I, I mean, no one at yes. that high school didn't know I wasn't part of the broadcasting club and worked in television. And, right, and right. we we had a class together, and I was good friends with your sister Lauren. Right, uh, and I knew I, I was with Adam, and we were always in homeroom together because K and J are really close to each other. Yeah, so I, I had twin brothers and sisters, and both of them graduated with, with me. Yeah. Ryan. yeah, so I was closer with I was a closer friend with Lauren just because Dina and K and yeah. Rachel and Rachel and I were actually in that class with you, Rachel. Oh, um, okay, that makes sense now. Yep. Yeah, so we we're but Rachel and I were the only two seniors, and I think it was all freshmen. Yeah, well, I don't know why you were taking. Why were you taking that class? I think it's a joke. Okay. And it was an elective, and Mr. Stefano would constantly be sitting and say, "He loved me." Do you remember that? Uh, no. Because I knew computers pretty well, and like I'd constantly fix problems for him. Okay. So he'd be, and he wouldn't get up from his chair just to be in the back, like. Oh, hold on! My music's playing on it. Okay. Stop the. I got to put a little volume. There we go. Stop the talking. Kids, stop the talking. I don't know. Maybe that's not a good of, um, of megaphone voice. He's like, stop. And he breathed really heavy because he was a bigger guy. I'm not trying to make fun of the man, but 
stop the talking. Yeah. And then you guys would stop talking for like five minutes and go start going again. I'm going to, I'm, I have you, the yearbook from your senior year. So I'm going to, going to look him up. Yeah. I, I don't know. It was a multimedia course. I think it was emerging media. I think it was a computer. He was a computer teacher. Okay. And, um, it, Ryan, he just had a, a like a high pitched voice like that. <laughs> yeah. Stop okay, the talking. And no one stopped talking, but he wasn't about to get up out of his chair to oh do anything God, about I it. I see him now in the yearbook. <laughs> How do you have my yearbook for my graduating year and I don't have one? Um, because I guess my parents like to hold on to these sorts of Oh, things. yeah, yeah. Lauren and Anna, duh. That's yeah, how. Yeah, 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 that's yeah. it. So uh, there's a few pictures of me actually in in, in motion broadcasting in the, the every yearbook. picture of you. I looked it up. <laughs> I I bookmarked them. You have a microphone in your hand, and it's like Ryan Kelly's talking to this three on three basketball tournament. <laughs> Ryan Kelly's announcing this. Ryan, you know, I got um, in yeah. big trouble for that three on three tournament. Oh really? Well, I was just making fun of everybody, <laughs> and that was like being announced. Over the no, past. so it was recorded. We, uh, we were recording it. And we did a video project on it and the tape. And and Coach Schnizak got a copy of it. And and I was friends with Shane Patton at the time, but I was busting him really, busting his balls really bad about not being able to shoot the ball. And I was like, Good thing he, does, he doesn't have to dribble a football or something like that. And he got really Schnizak. They they did. We were going to sell it. Like it was supposed to be a video that we we're going to sell. Oh. And they're like, this is not seeing the light of day. Yeah, well, it was like an amateur three-on-three tournament, right? right? Like any kid could sign up. Yeah, so you make your team, you sign up, and then it was like an elimination tournament. Yeah. And they came came to me, and they're like, will you do this? And I'm like, okay, but I'm going to do it my way. Right. And they they had no idea what I was doing. That year, so my freshman year, your senior year, our our high school was brand new, um, state-of-the-art you know, still 23 years later is, I believe, is is state of the art. We refer Um, to it on the show as the Millennium Falcon School. Yes, exactly, exactly. Um, So did you, who had a beautiful broadcasting studio, um, did they have a program like that, like at the old high school? Or did you just see this new equipment and be like, I want in on this? No, we did, but we didn't have like a studio. We just had a few VHS cameras and we were in one of the, the middle rooms at, at, uh, at, um, uh, what's it called now? Orfield. Yeah. Orfield. Yeah. 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 So it wasn't anything like it was. And and trust me, when we got there, the teacher, Mr. Derishan was just as like, dumbfounded with the equipment and how to operate it as we were right right because it's like they threw all these people who never did anything with this stuff together and we the, the students me rob bagsis and uh todd schaefer who now runs his own uh sports video thing in town yeah. um Kristen mayer who worked with me at sen for yes. years as a reporter she was in that program with me uh, a couple tv alums angel hood de carlo who worked with me for a bit now he's out in uh, oh, yes. notre dame uh, bothering people out there. Um, uh, yeah, we were all in this and we were all figuring out the equipment. Like, so we were teaching Derishan how to like edit and stuff. Cause he like on, on Adobe premiere two version two. Uh, cause he didn't know they, they just bought all this equipment and didn't have any professionals in there who knew how to use yeah. it. Yeah. And did you have a MacBook at that time? I know or no, like your first Macintosh. No, I didn't get that till after high school. So, um, 
It was when I got to film school where they're like, you don't have a Mac with their finger in the air. You know what uh, I mean? And I was like, oh shit, okay. I got I to gotta get myself a Mac. And then right. well, I've ne- I have not used a Windows computer in over 20 years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I, be, I became one of those now. But Macs, Apple, after the iPhone, Apple kind of became not the obscure brand anymore. It's, you know, more oh, people, yeah. more people I, I use mean, it. I think I switched back to, I mean, years and years ago for like a moment in time, I I think I had one iPhone, my first one, and then like went back to something different. And I remember looking at it in my hands, this new phone and being like, this device has no idea what I want to do. Like an iPhone, it's like reads my mind (laughs) and I'm like, I'm never going back. Yeah, no, it is great. I know that there's people who love Androids. I just can't wrap my head around it. Like, like you could customize them. Like, I don't want to customize. <laughs> yes, I want it to yes. work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but yeah, so, yeah, so I'm sorry to call you a geek. No, but, I mean I wear that badge with pride yeah. now. Yeah, uh, like, and it means something different. But you know, I just didn't know that you, yeah, were like into all, um, yeah, that that like Comic Con stuff and not saying that's geeky not but um oh yeah my yeah. god i uh and i got i got the the my friends like 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 shane and matt and then stuff they'd come and like we kind of yeah okay we smoked weed while we did it but we read comic yeah. books and played dreamcast and, and nintendo 64 and like i was their gateway into the the geek <laughs> culture uh back then in high school yeah uh, gateway to many things yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so the, speaking of, this is like the first Radio's podcast since like we started in 2016 where I'm not buzzed. Uh, you could, we like to, we started like 10, I'm not trying to garner judgment, Kate, but we started like 10, 30 at night. So after a long day, we're cracking a cu- couple cold ones while you talk to Squeaker uh, or Skeeter. It's, uh, <laughs> it's always a nice way to wind down your Wednesday, Yeah, which we'll be doing yeah, tonight. But- but is Skeeter a big drinker? You, no one who works in television isn't a big drinker. Okay, okay. Um, it's just beer. You don't go crazy. You know? Yeah, yeah. Just a couple no. beers. Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> and you know what? I, I've I've grown loving and like so like pouring through material for the show. I'm pouring through like those two three hour rips of com- ancient commercials on YouTube. There's so many of them. Like old beer commercials are my. Fucking favorite thing anymore, especially like I, Christmas time. Yes, I come from a family that's Irish, German, and Czechoslovakian. So to say there's some drinkers in my family would be an understatement. Yeah, so I want to hear about them, but like as soon as you said that in my head, I imagine like, um, and I'm not like saying this in like a feminist way at all <laughs> okay. but like it, i'm i'm imagining like rewatching van wilder or like america but these like movies that like were of the decade when we were in high school it was like oh shoot like that's that's what was the plot of that you know or like them being just like a lot more like sexually charged 
commercials like are are you ever like oh my god i can't believe that was a commercial uh, so many times we're like okay. even mcdonald's commercial like that really? is racist <laughs> okay yes <laughs> like you would not you there's so many things and that's a motif almost and some guys some not guys some people get mad at us for that they're like stop pointing out that things wouldn't fly in 20 whatever i'm like well it's fucking true they wouldn't you, you, like we're, we're, we better ourselves as a, as a society as we move along and progress yeah. and we don't do things like that anymore. doesn't right, mean right. I like going, don't like going back and looking at them, but they're not, it's like those commercials aren't macho. They're more stupid. It's like yeah. nothing makes you remember Christmas like an ice cold Coors Light as like the dogs running through the snow and they're hugging. It's like those old Folger commercials. Yes. When like you wake up and you smell coffee, you're like, my son's home, you know? Yeah, yes. Uh-huh. No one drinks Folgers coffee, you know? Oh my God. But back I saw in... the best Folgers, um, like a video on Instagram that came up. Um, and it was like, I'll have to find it, but it was like a, a brother came home early. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. And did you see the caption to that? It's like something like that one Folgers commercial that like, featuring a brother and sister that really want to smash yes yes because they're like <laughs> yes that's what it is. it's the sister like yeah they're like staring at each other so intent like, yeah. I think it's ro- if there was no no um dialogue it the would subcontext very is very strange yeah, yeah 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 um that's how commercials no, no, it's back not then. like a like like when i say in a a feminist way to your your listeners who like stop pointing out all the bad stuff. It's not no, about them. We dogging can, we're, we're that. Out. To me, it's about like I realize, oh man, like I can't let my kids watch this movie <laughs> that I watched because yeah, like, PG thirteen or PG means something different. Yeah, Revenge of the Nerds is off limits for anybody who, yeah, who hasn't yeah, seen it yet. Yeah, they, exactly. That poor girl gets raped by the head nerd. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> We point that out a lot. Like, I don't care what. Yes, I like the movie. Yes, I've seen it a million times, but there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. She was raped by that nerd. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And those, right. all the rest of the women were sexually assaulted when the nerds broke in and stole their underwear and then put cameras in their, their house and watched them. They're like, that, like, they would be in prison for a long time for that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So, all right, I'll add that to my list of make sure I don't. Find that on Unless you, you show it to them as a cautionary tale. Listen, kids, <laughs> nerds are e- nerds are evil. <laughs> nerds are evil. <laughs> like they they traumatize these poor sororities and jocks and yeah, oh, they're horrible but people. What, but what? So going back, what beer commercials? Like which ones like stand out to you that like are super entertaining? Or are they all just? Th- there's ridiculous? a lot, but there's there's some that I found that are like. Uh, Coors holiday blogger like they brew it just for the holidays you know and they do it in a very gruff like i'm a cowboy and this Coors holiday lager harkens back to christmases from the old country you know harkens that's a good word yeah i i don't know if that's what they say i'm i'm just i'm riffing i doubt the copywriter put the word harkens (laughs) i doubt (laughs) i doubt it but it's not when you're doing that voice yeah yeah yeah, um what kind of beer do you and skeeter drink when you uh do the show skeeter is a bit of a snob well no i'm probably the snob because i don't like any of those fancy craft beers okay like he loves ipas and i think they're just hot garbage (laughs) here's my snobbery like my fingers in the air right now when i'm in europe Kate, I yes. love the national beers over there. 
Okay. Like in Barcelona, they have this beer called uh, Estrella Dam. It's so good. It's like, for some reason in America, we take pride in in fucking swill. Like Budweiser and Miller and Coors are garbage. But over there, like a Heineken, for instance, in Amsterdam, and I love Heineken, and and the German beers. Like we went to Oktoberfest in Munich one year, and uh, yeah, there was a story of Diana having to hold my shirt so I didn't run in the traffic walking home. Oh my God. But it was a blast, and like the beer over there is just so delicious. That's why I, I like 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 just like a beer, but brewed right. It's like a standard like lager, you know. I also like Sam Adams right. Summer Ale. That's delicious. So like a brown ale, just no no like super hoppy. Yeah, I want it to taste yeah. like beer, not like like yes. hop soda, you know. Right, right. I get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and not used to. Sorry, go ahead. And not like fifty percent alcohol. Like I'm not drinking a liquor drink here. I'm drinking a beer. You know, you should right. be able to have a few before you you're you're pissing yourself. <laughs> right where did you get beer in high school um so i explained this to diana uh because she's she only moved to this area um so her parents moved in 2001 and she was down at virginia tech and she would come up to visit then she moved to los angeles for 12 years and moved back she was only here for about a year until she unfortunately had the you know she she moved out of LA to get away from the industry douchebags and moved back to town and got stuck with an industry douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> and so um I explained to her that we would garage hop and I'm not yeah. implicating anyone in your family, but some someone in your family might have been with us an occasion when we garage hopped uh through uh-huh. the through Green Hills and through up and um What's that road? Uh, you know, off Walbert Avenue, that 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 rich neighborhood up there. Uh, yeah. Uh, I live there. No, I'm just kidding. Like, I live across the street from that one in a smaller neighborhood. Um, Brandywine up there. When, it, it, that's okay. the road, and it takes you up yeah. to that really yeah. like rich yep. neighborhood. So, like rich people used to just leave their garage open and have mm-hmm. either fridges or just cases of beer in there. Yeah, but but their garages were probably bigger, like a further. And longer driveways. You have to be stealth, Kate. You have to run. No, see, we went to, like you go north towards Ironton oh, the, and like, the hillbillies. Farmland. Smaller garages. Still, they they parked their cars outside because they were big trucks that couldn't fit in the garage. So yeah. The garage was wide open. Yeah. And the d- driveway was shorter. Um, and uh, funny story. In July, I was at a uh, end of the season soccer party at a house for my kid that I had once garage hopped. Ah, uh, the owners changed hands, um, and I almost kind of forgot about garage hopping until that. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to oh. block that out. No, it was it was <laughs> so. Uh, Diana constantly. I have like 20 cases of summer ale in my garage currently, and I leave mm-hmm. the door open all the time. And she constantly says, "I'm. It's going to. It's my karmic." Uh, fate that someone's going to steal my summer out. And they probably do. I have so much in there. I haven't noticed. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Well, they might get one. Yeah. And then you're like, you know, it's it's um maybe just paying back or, you know, part of your legacy is helping the next generation of, right. of geeky. I, I don't have any guns criminals. in my house, so I can only chase them with a super soaker and that's yeah. not really threatening. <laughs> 
Yeah, but like, I mean, knock on wood, I guess I can say this now. Like, I never got, did you ever get caught? Never, never. never. It was unbelievable. No one ever (laughs) figured it out. But then like, you didn't have any restored. So you drank, did you drink that warm like we did? Um... Uh, you guys were smarter yeah, about we it. We we drank it that night. Yeah, we didn't keep it. What well, we we usually didn't get it out of a fridge, so it was just like sitting there on like the ground. Yeah, like in a case, and we just took the case. What? Well, okay, and that happened every time. Um, just... I just remember one time it was me. Uh, I believe Lauren was there. Rachel, Dina, Sarah, McCaverkin, and we we're a bunch of us. We were get we we're outside of. I think Brianna's house, Tharp. Okay. And we were drinking warm Guinness out of a bottle. It was so mm-hmm. disgusting. Yeah. I mean, I act like I would have known the difference of, oh, yeah, that beer is way too warm for me. It's like, can right. you, yeah. it's like, let's pour some peach schnapps in it. It's kind <laughs> of like where I was at. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, my yeah. parents didn't really drink. So, like, my whole family drinks, like, my uncles, my grandfathers, both. My grandpa would just like, he was never drunk, but he'd drink bush all day long in this little cup and he'd salt it and he'd just eat, he'd eat roasted peanuts and saltines. He had to be like 90% salt. He would salt the rim? <laughs> he'd of the sal- no, he'd salt the beer. He'd salt right into the beer. Oh, yeah. yeah. Is that a thing? Yeah, apparently it is. Yeah. Huh. yeah. That sounds kind of good, I guess. Yeah. So, I mean, like my parents didn't drink though. Um, okay. So they'd have like, a couple Seagram's fucking seltzer, uh, what are they, not seltzers, uh, wine coolers that were like 40 years old and like Zima's in the back of the fridge and like two Coors Lights and a 200 a, a year old bottle of fucking Canadian whiskey in the cupboard above it. So like the first time I stole alcohol from my parents, I was, it was a Zima and I was probably expired. I was like, oh God, <laughs> why do they drink this? And then my mom knew immediately. She's like, you took one of the five Zimas that were in the bridge. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Now, were you like, so you named a whole bunch of girls that you were with and you did that like make you have to be the driver or have to be the runner or it was like oh, we, we, that's just opportunity. No, I was I was the runner usually actually was okay. equal. They were all soccer pros, so they were yeah. faster than me, you know. Yeah. True. Um, but that was my crew. Like I had my crew of guy friends too, but the soccer girls were more fun. We had more fun yeah. together. Yeah. Um, speaking of the soccer girls, so I was the editor of the school paper, the trumpet, my um senior year or co-editor. Mm-hmm. And my final article, um, you know, by that point, like, you know, we had gotten fancy and like almost every section had an editor we all had our own columns and headshots and it was in color for like the first time um i don't i was the editor at, like there's probably so many typos like if i look back um on it now but what i did for my final piece was um i relived three high school regrets um to try to like you know find some closure mm-hmm. um and the first one was i, I got a detention um, so I basically had to go to an assistant principal and say, like, I'm doing a piece for the paper. I need, like, can you write me up so I can go to detention? He's like, well, you have to do something. So I basically just, like, knocked his pencils off his desk. Hmm. So I did that. <laughs> I went to a Saturday. You never detention. got detention prior to no. that? No. Oh, damn. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, I want to hear about your detention then. But anyway, so I went to Saturday detention. I pro- I don't know how many hours it was supposed to be, but I probably lasted an hour 
or a little bit less, a little bit more, give or take. And I like walked up to the, the, whoever was sitting there and I'm like, I don't have to be here. I'm just doing this for the newspaper. I'm going to go. Like I couldn't even take it. Oh man. And then the other ones, I went to a party where like, I didn't know anybody like, cause we went to a very large high school. So there could, you could, there'd be like, if there's three or four parties going on a night, you might know, like go with one friend, but it was like a new group. So I kind of got out of my comfort zone. But the third regret, regret was I quit soccer and being one of those like notorious soccer girls <laughs> and like your friends that grade, I feel like solidified like uh, the soccer girls as being just like, I was legendary legends. Yeah. Um, so I was like, I want to be a part of soccer girl for a day. So like I wore a uniform or like a t-shirt to school. Like they all had to suit up too. And then I got to like keep score on the sideline. Um, so that was my third regret was not graduating as a soccer girl. Cause I quit for other sports. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I guess I was an honor. I, I was, I mean, in 07, they had like a, a reunion thing at PJ's and, um, Lauren Mackey and Kate Breed made sure to get me a shirt. I'm like, thanks. Thanks guys. <laughs> That's nice. Yeah. But, um, so you got detention? A lot? Yeah, I, not so much in Parkland. It was way harder to get in trouble there. But at, at St. Oh, yeah. Francis, I got kicked out of Catholic school. I've told the story on the show before, so I won't go into okay. the, the full details. But just as uh, we had a teacher who didn't really know what was doing, she was doing. She was just out of high school. She probably paid like 15000 a year, I'm assuming, at St. Francis. And like I, I, I'm not a religious person. I told my mom in fifth grade I didn't believe in God, and I thought it was all made up. And she's like, well, you're still getting... Confirmed, like, all right. So Catholic school, I mean, they're like, you have, they gave us these math tests. And even though I'm self-proclaimed bad at math, I, I, I still did good on the test. And she, kids who did bad had to get them signed. And she, no, they wouldn't. So she couldn't control the class. So she's like, everyone has to get their math test signed, whether you got an A or an F. And I never got it signed before, so I didn't remember to do it. And she's like, you didn't get it signed. You're going to detention. And I was like, the fuck I am. And then I got right in the bus and went home. I'm like, I'm going to go to detention. Um, so she went and cried to the principal. And the principal came in the next day and was like, Ryan Kelly, you think you could do whatever you want. I'm going to, you're a month detention. I'm going to see to it that you don't skip a single one of them. That night, whoop, on the bus again. Detention? Yeah, I skipped it again. Next That night, after she said she was going to make sure, personally, I wouldn't skip another one. I skipped it again that night. Went home and I made a flyer that she, the principal, I cut her picture out of the yearbook that she was a, a, a ladies dancer at the Ramada and ladies night. And I, I went to books and more the used bookstore. That's across from the, tar that, that's in that, you know, where Primo's is across from target. Yeah. It was in that shopping center. It was called books and more. It was a used bookstore. Yeah. They, yeah. They had a photocopy of that nickel copy. Took all the change I had and made as many photocopies of the flyer blanketed. I put them in the, the, the Atilio's restaurant that they had a, a bulletin board inside. I gave, yeah. I blanketed the entire school in them. And then these two girls, so the moms were starting to ask where these come from. These two girls were like, Ryan Kelly made it. <laughs> so it got back to the principal and they had a meeting, the, the pastor and the principal had a meeting with my dad and mom. Like Ryan can't stay, go to school here anymore. Oh my goodness. Were your parents upset? <laughs> my mom was mortified. My dad was like, well, yeah, we're taking him out of here. You're not kicking him out. So, so half, funny halfway that... through seventh grade, I went to Troxel then. Okay. Yeah. 
Oh, you went to Troxel. I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. I was a farm. I didn't have air conditioning. You were Troxel too, because I, I know. Troxel too. Yeah, because yeah. because Lauren and Adam were yeah, with me yeah. at Troxel. Um, it's funny that you're like angst and anger at the man and like the Catholic school setting was like. I'm going to make a photocopy and like really get her. Like you're like such a creative, like that was your revenge. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. I, I, that's, that's the only, th- like, that's my only outlet. I don't know how to do anything else. So. Yeah. But that, I mean, that's awesome. Yeah. Now, now it's awesome looking back. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at the time it was awesome. Cause I hated Catholic school. Like our books were from like the fifties and sixties and I got the Troxel and like, it was a book and it was like printed the year that we were there. And I'm like, wow. Like yes. this is crazy, and the Ramshack. There was a school store. Oh my god! Yeah, R- Ryan, Ramshack. Okay, first of all, I was doing some work with our district a couple years ago, and I had to be in that building for some reason. And I come down the steps, I turn the corner, and there's the Ramshack. Oh, it still exists. Oh my god, it's still there. It's still oh, there. God, and I love the um, because so this our our junior high it was is a small old building it was like the original high school in 1944 oh it was i didn't even yeah. know that yeah uh if if it wasn't that building like shortly after parkland like school district was invented or like created mm-hmm. that building was like the either like single school for the whole district and then like the <laughs> high school my grandfather was like a teacher there oh. um taught english but um so I turned the corner and I swear to God, if like I've ever had a moment where like a single tear ran down my <laughs> cheek because what it was, it's, it was a school store that you kind of got like a privilege to work in. You know, I don't know how they assigned who worked in it, but like different periods, lunch periods. And so in junior high, when you come out of the lunchroom to go back to class, and it's, I think probably grade by grade, you have to walk out and directly across the hall, you see the Ram Shack, which we were like the Troxel Ram. So that's what it was yes. Ram Shack. And it was an indoor um, um, little shop <laughs> that had an awning, like wood awning painted like yellow and yeah. red, like McDonald's. Yeah. And it was like a little cute. It, imagine like if there was like a going to the mall as a kid and they had like a little Christmas village set yeah, up. Yeah. And like you took like Lay's department store used to have. Exactly. Yeah. And you took a little, like what's supposed to be an elf th- thing and they put it there. Still has the letters, but you like sold pencils. It, like if kid was, if a kid was out of a pencil and maybe candy. So yeah, um, it was great. God knows what else, but I <laughs> Erasers. thought that was like a status symbol. If you like got to work in the ramshack. Absolutely. Because, like, okay. Okay. I'm glad that wasn't just me being like a, a thinking that no it was was very cool do you do you remember we talked about this and squeezers uh, skeeters blown away by it on fridays when we had pizza day at troxel they brought in pizza hut do you remember that i don't remember that oh it was it was magnificent but then it fed so well that like all those meals (laughs) run together but yeah yeah, hot lunch at parkland was great skeeter talks about how he hated it he hated their crazy dippers he hated that was like one of my favorite lunches Wait, where did he go to school? He went to Whitehall. Oh, but he yeah. hated his school lunch? Well, not all of it. They did have like oh. trays of hoagies. That's where the lunch lady, I, I don't know if you heard any of my bad impressions. No. So we were, we were doing a show about um, last day of school and, and and bullshitting. And he was talking about like, and this, he's a sweet, handsome boy, but he's a little, 
you know, he'd called a fat kid. Um, yeah, but he, it's, so he, he's telling the story about they'd have hoagie day. And this one day near the end of the school, they'd just bring out all these trays of hoagies and you could eat as many as you want. Oh my God. <laughs> so I just started riffing a voice on a character of his lunch lady that had like some oblivious to him, sexual attraction to him tied in with food. And I, I didn't, I completely forgot about it. And then the next week I got tons of messages and emails, like more lunch lady. I'm like, what the hell are they talking about? So I went back and listened because I completely forgot I did it. I'm like, oh my God. So can I hear like a little bit. Yeah. Hold on. Let me see. That's a bullhorn voice. But listen, do, can you do the lunch lady telling Skeeter that he better eat faster because he needs to get to the Ram Shack? All right. That's a little good scenario here. Uh, hi, Squeezer. Guess what I have back in the kitchen for you? A fresh tray of hoagies. They're only three months old. I know how much you like them when they're fresh like that. All right, you better eat up. Eat quicker than normal. And you know what? Don't eat the crumbs this time because the Ram Shack closes in about 20 minutes. And if you're going to get a new pencil, you better go quick. <laughs> Usually I do a lot more sexually suggestive stuff, but... Um, good. Yeah, I won't. I won't for you. <laughs> I do. I do a number of bad impressions on the show. The one they like, the, the a lot of people like, is my dad, and it probably doesn't sound like him, but it's like an impression my sister and I have done of my dad since we were mm-hmm. kids. Like, oh, Ryan, though, like he'd point out, like, oh, Ryan, your flight down. Oh, and you know, uh, hey, Ryan, do you want to go down and watch Caddyshack? Just cover your eyes with the naked parts. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Uh, we grew up with our dads like watching movies based on their idols from SNL, which later yeah. became our idols. Yeah, totally. And um, like I do a bad Trump. Uh, <clears throat> let's see what what could what's going in the news. Uh, but we gotta tie this around here somehow. We love Hess. A lot of people talk about Hesses. They say there's better departments. They did Donald, Mr. Trump, Mr. President. You know all the best department stores. Oh, the best. And I say, Hesses, there's nothing better. We love it. Everyone loves it. Sometimes I lose it. <laughs> That's so good. I can't. I wish I could see your face. It's, I, I, I'm, I'm doing the little small accordion, too, when I do it. Yeah, I've never, I never have heard your voice be anything but it is right, like, normally. <laughs> I, do, I do a bad Barack Obama. Like, <clears throat> uh, Michelle... The, the girls, uh, Malia and Sasha, they think that I should stop doing impressions. I said, nope, I'm going to keep doing them, no matter how bad they are. It's just, I just do his inflection. <laughs> else. Are you, are you ever on camera at Service Electric? No, me, no. No, no. no okay. Strictly behind the scenes. Well, I think that 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 should change. Well, I'm, I'm behind the mic. I'm a, it's theater okay, of the mind. Okay, so we're hearing your, okay, gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, um, um, so you I, keep talking about bro- your sister. Yeah, you had um, a similar dynamic. So Adam was my year at, at right. Parkland, and then you were you were a year above Lisa. Right, right. So, but like talking like rad year style, I would I think that Lisa and I were probably influenced by you know things you and Adam liked, um, or or you know there's probably a lot of similar things happening in our house, maybe. Oh, absolutely. Um, like she, her boyfriends, she always had were constantly be like, how do you know all the lyrics to these sublime songs? <laughs> and like, how do you, mm-hmm. like, how do you know all these pro wrestlers? Like, how, like, like, how do you know all this stuff? And she's like, and like, you know, um, she's cause she would always emulate m- me. And I knew, a, I know a lot of like 
stuff because like Lisa, like she, she had the, the Fisher price kitchen. Yeah. And the, the food for fun, all the play sets and shit. And she constantly made us play with her and that and uh-huh. act like I hated it, but it was fun. Yeah. Um, that was nice that you did that big bro. Yeah. Yeah. And I was a good big brother. Um, and there was, we talked constantly on the show about like toys. Like there was a more delineation back when we were growing up of these are boys toys. Right. Strictly for boys. These are girls toys strictly for girls. But occasionally you were so jealous of some of those girls toys. Yeah. Well, I heard you talking about the littlest pet shop. Oh, I mean, that was my God. Dream. Those first, my little pet shops were so fucking cool. Cause they weren't like <laughs> cute. They weren't like cutesy. Like the current ones are they, they legit looked like little cages and animals. Right. Well, I thought they were cute. I well, yeah, I haven't, seen, I haven't seen the current ones to know. Yeah, they, now they're now they're they're more cartoony, like big eyes okay, gotcha, and gotcha. and more. Oh, yeah. uh-huh. They're not like back then. They made them look like it's similar to the, and they had like little actions, like the gerbils. You magnetically made them go through. Oh my god! You know the little yes. tubes. Yeah, those. Are, I never. I now I own a bunch mint on card, but when I was a kid, I wanted them so bad. But you dare you don't dare cross that that line of boys and girls toys you know oh you, yeah you just yeah, stared absolutely. longingly at the lenko um yep yep um yeah even i remember so one like maybe spoiled thing that would happen in my house i feel like we got a lot of video game systems like without asking for them <laughs> and that was mostly because um my mom like wanted us to have friends or have friends over more like um, and maybe I think she just kept thinking not that we didn't, we had a lot of friends and we lived in a neighborhood full of kids, but I think she just wanted to like, make sure her home was a place that like a group of kids, like on a rainy day would want to come. Oh to. God, not my mom. Like get yeah. the fuck out. That was my yeah. mom's like the I mean, outside is your playground. Stay out there. That's literally, that's the, I, I mean, cause I'm sure we asked for some of them, but I think it got to a point. It's like, why'd you buy us a Nintendo 64? Like nobody asked for this, but we enjoyed it. But, um, but I feel like, I don't know. That was just the, that's like I my had to save my it. money to buy my own Nintendo 64. Yeah. No, right. I know it sounds really spoiled, but, um, but like that was like the only thing. It's not like we were coming. We, you, there's a lot of, well, my, my sister was spoiled. She wanted a PlayStation to play the Rugrats video game. And mm-hmm. lo and behold, a place. How the fuck did she get a PlayStation? Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. you get a lot of things to Ryan. Shut up. Like, no, I don't. But you could use the PlayStation, right? Like, I mean, yeah, but it was. I, I was, I was more. It was more a tribal back then. I was Nintendo. Yeah. I had the Nintendo sixty four. Yeah. yeah, but we. But I'm saying, like, we played like Aladdin, like, like some of like the Disney games. So even then, like, we had like our boys and girls. Yeah. Games. And I guess Aladdin's not a girl thing, but we <laughs> so, weren't necessarily playing like um, Mortal Kombat. For the original NES, um, we, did you ever rent games from Blockbuster? Yeah. So that was like, and when that happened, that was even like cooler than renting videos. Renting videos was great, but renting a game that was like, it can only make, it can either make or break your weekend. You could either get right. this awesome game that you stay up all night and all day playing, or you could get this real hunk of shit that sucks and you have... <laughs> You have no choice. Like that's that was your weekend. That was the five dollars you're allowed to spend. Hey, and hey, yep. so anytime Lisa was allowed to rent a game, she'd rent the same one. It was Barbie for Nintendo. Okay. And it was an awful game, but she didn't want to play it. She wanted to watch like my brother or I played it. Gotcha. So we had to sit there and play this awful Barbie game so Lisa could just watch us play. 
Was it a game that you could like beat? Yeah, it was really, it actually was, it was kind of hard, but it, it hard in a stupid way. It was, it was like, there was some really like dumb logic to it. Uh, okay. But it wasn't hard to beat. You just throw it on a game genie and end the yeah. lives, and then you 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 finish it. But oh god, every time it was her turn, it was the same game. It was either she was gonna rent Barbie or she was gonna rent the Hug a Bunch movie, which was like a nightmare. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, but but also, what about music? Did you like influence music? Well, Again, you said that's Sublime. That was definitely yeah. When, when I got to Parkland and. Uh, so at that St. Francis, I was kind of stuck in a world where I, I wasn't quite aware of pop culture. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we weren't allowed to watch MTV uh, for some fucking reason. And, um, you know, when I was 13, they finally let us watch it. But like up until then, like I, I, I knew the monkeys. <laughs> right, right. You know, uh, so I, I start developing my own taste when I go to Parkland. And my brother... Like Hootie and the Blowfish was the band he got into. Like, are you okay. fucking kidding me? I came, I got to Parkland around the rise of the grunge movement, like right. Kurt Cobain, and then he he dies, and then Foo Fighters and Stone uh, Stone Temple Pilots and Smashing Pumpkins and Sublime. Um. So like then Lisa started, and I had like you know my five disc changer shelf system. Those were so big, like oh my god, yeah, having a shelf system. And then you made your mixtapes off the CDs above. Right. And, until we could burn CDs, which was not too far down the road. And mm -hmm. saying burn CD to a kid, they'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> you burned them? <laughs> Why? Yeah, right. No, that's how we put music on them. We burn them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, are you best. stupid? Do you not understand this? Like, come on. You know, the technology, like retro technology is coming back. I have a huge record collection. Mm -hmm. And like I've I've like a small cassette collection. I just started randomly collecting if some modern releases too, like new stuff. Like I got the latest Foo Fighters, Dirty Heads. But so like I think kids are gonna start understanding what a mixtape is. But I don't know if a burning a CD will ever come back. Yeah. yeah. No. No. They'll do it. I mean, you can't even put a CD in your laptop. No. Anymore. Right. No. Um, it was, I remember, I mean, there's a couple like Mick CDs my brother made that maybe he burned me a copy too. And when you were just talking about bands, I remember one of them on the outside said like melancholy and infinite sadness. Yeah, Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah. Well, but it wasn't their album. I think he was just like identifying that that song was on it or something. Oh yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember cause yeah great like i mean weezer there's just um count was it counting crows counting crows yeah uh mr jones yeah. and me yeah yeah counting crows weezer um um smashing pumpkins and i i'll have to see if he remember but it was the best cd ever <laughs> I, if i could like get that cd back but i remember like I don't know if I was in fifth or sixth grade or, or whatever year that was, but I knew that like my brother and sister were beginning, uh, you know, they're like tween angsty, you know, like junior high, like boyfriends. I just knew that like, I wasn't a lot. I was, a, their doors were closed a yeah. little bit more than usual. Like I, my sister didn't, was on the phone with friends and not, not just like available to me. So I could, there was like a couple of years where we're just not going through the same stuff. And when, when he gave me this CD and I saw like melancholy and infinite sadness, I'm like, damn, Adam, like what the hell's going on? Like, this is, sounds like a pretty like angst, 
angsty. Like, what are you so angry about? Mom just bought us a Nintendo 64. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, Friends are coming over. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, however, that um, it was it was a great, great CD. Yeah, I mean, shit, I want that. It's, it's like I, one of the channels I listen to on uh, Sirius most is Lithium, and that's oh, all yeah. that music. Yeah. All mm -hmm. the time. It's great. Um, yeah. cause I still yeah. listen to Howard Stern, so I still have a serious subscription. Uh -huh. Um, and so I, I'm either listening to Alt Nation or Lithium. Yeah. I, yep. I like those too. Yeah. They're great. And, uh, mm -hmm. I have a, so do you have like a, a record player, like a new model or something that vintage you... model? No, I have an, I have an audio technic two new, I have one in my office at work and then I have one here. So I have, I have a new models. I, I'm, uh, so I, one of my engineers I work with. Uh, Scott, he he's a big. He, he can't fix anything now, you know, modern. But he could he could fix some tube and transistor stuff. So he's yeah. he's guilting me. He's like, hey, you really should have a nice tube amplifier for that warm sound. And I'm like, fuck off, Scott. Who has time for that? <laughs> you know what I mean? But and he's right. So I should. my deal with like how I feel like we had a record. So again, we purchased my in laws' home, so we got everything, and there was a a record player, but it was like almost like the size of a mini filing cabinet, like, yeah. like on wheels. And, and it was not, it was like cumbersome and not it's like a console unit. Did, yeah. 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 We kept all the records and we saw the records, the, the um, player stopped working. But so when we've, you know, it was our first house, we were like trying to be like, Oh yeah, we're like record people. Like, look at, we have a record <laughs> player. You know, you felt a little like, um, like a cool, a cool mom with a record player. Mm -hmm. um, but you have to t flip the records. So after like no time at all, that was mm -hmm. my one thing. Do mm -hmm. the new ones, do they flip for you? No, no, you're still flipping them. Listen, I'm not going to lie here. I, I have, I'd say now, like more than half of my collection is still wrapped in the cellophane. Uh -huh. it's a collecting thing. And most of my stuff is modern and new or, you know, currently released. And it's like, there's collectors, there's color variants. It's, it's, it, I'm a monster and we are monsters as collectors. And yeah, it's like, Oh, the Oppenheimer score. It was so good. I can't wait till they release that on vinyl so I could buy it in a special, uh, fire burst orange variant, never take it out of the cellophane and listen to it. Right. Right. Exactly. But I, I do it. I like the idea. Like I said, I like the idea of it. I want it to exist. And if it, I don't buy it, then the other person might not buy it. And then they stop making it. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the records that my father-in-law had in him, I mean, he's, he had a huge collection, but um, I might like want to listen to it after this. Cause I liked it so much. It's like, El it was Elvis, you know, a lot of Elvis albums, like Elvis oh, wow. in Hawaii. Um, that like, I really made me appreciate Elvis, his music, which I wasn't like necessarily raised listening to. Yeah, my mom liked my parents had the shittiest taste in music. My mom liked fucking the you know the movie Evita with Madonna. Yeah. Oh my god. That was and then she listened to Delilah. Oh, do you remember Delilah? Soft yes, rock. 100.7. Yeah. Well, she was all before she was on 107, she was in Philadelphia on 102.9. She was syndicated. So, okay. Yeah. Until yeah. 100.7 picked it up, she was on 102.9 WMGK. Mm -hmm. And 
Yeah, I, if I could sing, I would sing. It's like Delilah. Delilah. Yeah, yeah. She's yeah, like, I love someone tonight. Oh my god. Yeah, and she's she, she's giving out. She's like, this goes out to so and so whose leg was blown off in Iraq. He still loves you, Donna. <laughs> Call him again. You know, yeah, it's like, and then yeah. it, it plays like when a man loves a woman uh-huh. <laughs> by Michael Bolton, and I'm in the backseat of the car trying to fucking kill myself. <laughs> uh, like like uh, the worst taste in music. My dad yeah. liked Meatloaf and the Moody Blues. Wait, you're, that's what your dad had? Yeah. Listen, I love Meatloaf. <laughs> and I like a few of his songs, but growing but, up. But it's a nostalgia thing. I yeah. remember my, my mom. So <laughs> my brother growing up introduced me to the term white people triumph music. <laughs> like which like I still use, which is probably like meatloaf and journey like that. Just like gets a room of white people's like adrenaline. Yeah, it sure does. And, um, but my mom like loved um, paradise by the dashboard light. It was her like bang on the steering wheel uh, song when I was growing up. So I just like had such fond memories of that. And I like, you know, I guess I like music like that too, where there's just, where it just gets so big and epic. Um, Swells. Yes. So in college, Meatloaf was playing in Scranton. I don't even remember the venue that's in Scranton, but I have a friend who lived there. So he drove from Pittsburgh to Scranton and, um, and to see Meatloaf and like, you know, he wasn't running around stage like I thought he'd be because he was much, much older. Um, And I'm like behind the first like section, but there's like still a couple sections behind me. It's not a huge venue. Mm -hmm. And I'm feeling real great yeah and i'm standing up and doing? i'm just going nuts i turn around i am the only person in the entire venue standing up like tears um and again i'm sure alcohol had something to do with that but the, i'll never forget it too much peach schnapps in your beer that night exactly exactly but i i i do love meatloaf i have a i have a good meatloaf story that i i really wouldn't tell unless he passed away because it's kind of embarrassing so service electric was contracted to do the imag for the sands when it opened up we still do it um it's the two big screens on the side of the stage yeah so they didn't go in till the first show we did there was celtic thunder Ugh. um so we were doing meatloaf one night and he does a show and I had to come down. If ever I want to use the bathroom, I had to come downstairs, walk through the hallway where the green rooms are and go to the catering hall to use the bathroom. So like mm-hmm. the show I, I, and I'm drinking like a monster or a rockstar energy drink to stay awake during it. <laughs> I just, cause it was a long day at work. And when you're working, it's different. You know what I mean? You can only enjoy yeah, so much. And right. I'm, I'm hearing it through a little speaker and cutting it through monitors and cameras. So I come down the hallway. Meatloaf is starfished laying in the hallway with an oxygen tank on him. (gasps) And I guess he he has to do that for every show. Oh, so it was like preventative? They had the guys there ready for him. Oh, my gosh. And so I just have to step over him (laughs) to get through the catering hallway. He's laying there sweating like a fucking bastard, breathing through this mask so heavily. And I'm like, excuse me, Mr. Loaf. (laughs) Step step over here to quick use the restroom. Oh, no. And how far, like, or how many years was that before he passed away? It was probably like five or six. It wasn't many. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, And what, I'm sorry, what else do you say your dad listened to? Moody Blues. Okay. Not even. Like, my dad is a a radio person. He's a ham radio operator. 
Okay. Not like the fun radio, like you listen to Casey's Top 40, like you listen to other weirdos talk on their ham radios. And my brother got into that too. I was not into it. So my brother, my dad in the car would listen to his like ham radios. He really wouldn't listen to music. Right. It was my mom who dominated the the stereo, and mm. and shit that Delilah was so bad, easy listening. <laughs> yeah. And the yeah. Avita soundtrack. I remember one year to the beach, we had to listen to the Lion King soundtrack the entire time. Like, and it doesn't take four hours to get through the Lion King soundtrack. So I'm talking right. multiple listens. Like, and that was for your sister? No, like, my my, my sister oh. loved it, but my mom like loved okay. that shit. So your mom likes musicals. She likes musicals. She likes bad music. She likes Delilah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm. I also had the Avita soundtrack from the Madonna movie. Yeah, right. Yeah, that. I mean, yeah, that was. I like that too. So maybe my case is more in line with your parents. I was more in line with your brother, angsty rock. Uh, yeah, and I, I like that too. Melancholy for sure. and infinite sadness. Yeah, I was thinking like because I I feel like I grew up in like the buying CD singles and like I oh yeah we talked always, about that. Like, yeah. I have so many f- moments of fear or bad dreams when like I maybe you know even now if I was like oh I love meatloaf and you're like oh did you like this album like you know i can't name albums yeah back Um, then no no you you listen to singles yeah 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 i just you know i i was never like consumed music so much that we were the mixtape generation exactly 100 percent. and at first i had a lot of like um shame around that for a long time (laughs) Um, like knowing really great songs, but not wanting to bring it up because I couldn't name the album. But now, um, you know, I understand. I've looked internally and realized that it, the, the album just wasn't there. Yeah, I, I had the mixtape. Right, right. When you get the single of Lucas, Lucas with the lid off, like that's all you're getting. <laughs> like don't I don't, know that. D- don't buy. You never heard Lucas with the lid off. No. Oh God, it's awful. That was the first single I ever bought. It's so embarrassing. I had the single to Cotton Eye Joe. Oh my God. I know. So I inherited my parents' shitty taste in music. Listen, that's put that on after when you're in a bad mood. Put on Cotton Eye Joe next. Like maybe maybe uh, you'll change your mind. Oh, for, I don't know if they still do. I'm in the truck mode. But when Iron Pig started, after every uh, take me out to the ball game, they played Cotton Eye Joe and they all dance uh-huh. on the dugout. And so I had to hear it like sometimes <laughs> 12 nights in a row. Yeah, that's different. That's, that's very yeah, different. Yeah. Um, I, I want to say that my first, you know, I, I was, my memory is that my first CD single was um, Waterfalls by TLC. Okay. Um, Don't Go Chasing was it, Waterfalls. Was it just in a cardboard sleeve though, right? Well, but but like now that I'm picturing, I wonder if I got that from like a friend for my birthday. I'm all, I'm like remembering picturing like opening it in my living room. Um, so so I'm mixing up the two things. But yes, that was one of the first because when the wall the wall of sound yeah you know, it was just just the wall. It was wall to wall sound. Wall to wall sound. That's right. So it was actually started wall to wall sound and video, and there was one behind my house and Crest Plaza before Target was there. And okay. that's where we rented beta tapes to watch back, okay, back gotcha. there. And then they dropped video and it was just wall to wall sound. Then it was the wall. Then it was FYE, which still isn't gotcha. them all. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. But I remember like, I don't know if it was my mom being like, 
you paid ten dollars <laughs> for the single when the when the whole CD is nineteen dollars. Yeah, but and... mom, you don't understand. I have this warranty sticker on it exactly. that if anything happens to it, I could bring it back and get a new one. <laughs> Did you pay extra for that sticker? I'm trying to. Remember. I think that's what that was roped into the exorbitant price that you it paid. Was. Okay. Okay. Oh yeah, I remember that sticker. I remember like the first time getting that. Yeah. It was. I felt like I had made an adult decision. You you were paying for labor though for them to take those giant plastic cases off the CD. That's that's what yeah. the cost was so high for. Yeah, true. As, as soon true. as as soon as and they wouldn't sell you those explicit warning CDs there at the wall. Right. Yeah, and as soon as I became cool enough to know what Tunes was on 19th and Hamilton, yes. I was riding my bike to Tunes and buying whatever I wanted. Yeah. You know, what yeah. I had money for. I, my, there was like 3 to 4 years of my life where every gift I got for Christmas and birthday was a Tunes gift certificate. And you would go buy explicit cunt CDs. Exactly. Explicit yeah. cunt CDs. Yes. And so what it sounded like, like what, you said. What are some of those? Oh, just anything. Like like yeah. you'd go buy like like something they wouldn't sell you. Like the, the Foo Fighters self-titled album had an explicit content warning on it. Oh, okay. So they okay. wouldn't sell that to you at the wall. So I had, you know, I got to get, I got it down at, uh, that was when I started getting more albums more like, like the Foo Fighters. This is Dave Grohl. He was a drummer for Nirvana. Right. He's doing his own shit. Like, you mm. know, and then uh, like Melancholy and Infinite Sadness. I remember my dad took me before Troxel to get that. We, we, we went before, when Tunes opened up to get it and we listened to it on the way to didn't drop me off at Troxel. Your dad seems like a cool guy. I feel like he Yeah, su- he, he was. supported a lot of your interests. He absolutely did. He did. And he didn't get it. Like he, we put them as song. Yeah. this is good music. <laughs> like, but he didn't say no. No, no, he didn't. He didn't. Just cuz he didn't understand it. Yeah. Yeah, and did you rob uh um BMG or Columbia House at all when you were a kid? Like did you get the five cds or 10 cds for a penny and then i don't think so oh i did i was an outlaw columbia house wait so say yeah that's like ring a bell but maybe, so there used maybe to be like an ad in a magazine with like yes. stamps uh-huh. and it would be the different cds or tapes and you'd, you'd pull off the stamps of the tape you want you'd hear it to a uh a thing and uh, an envelope and send it in with a penny and they'd mail you those tapes but then part of that was you had to then sign like pay for like a monthly subscription to Columbia house. So they'd send you a a tape a month. And if you like it, you send it back, but you know, they sent it to you and then you just never paid them anything. Yeah. (laughs) They'd stop sending you the monthly tapes. Yeah. No, I don't think we did that. Oh yeah. Um, We listened, my dad listened to like a lot of Bruce Springsteen, uh, Eric Clapton. Okay. The only Eric Clapton my mom listened to was the neutered unplugged one. Okay. Which was so bad compared to like Cream, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yep. When um, I finally heard how Layla's supposed to sound, I was like, oh, oh my God. God, this is amazing. Listen, I I moved back from after college. I moved back into my parents' house for like the summer and I, till I, I found a job in Philadelphia. And I, um, my dad had um, CDs and I pulled cream out and like listen to that that's like a transform it was like you know a a transformative time in my life like leaving college figuring out what I'm going to do next and when I you know I had a handful of people I knew who were like living at home at that time and I remember just like blasting Layla um I was I was thinking of Robert De Niro killing people during the interlude (laughs) and Goodfellas oh yes yes uh Skeeter's named after uh 
his name is Derek from Derek and the Dominoes. Oh, okay. Yeah. We know him affectionately as Squeezer. Yeah. But so wait, I don't even remember what his real name is. Squeezer, Squeezer. but I'm calling him Skeeter. Skeeter, yeah. He's Squeezer okay. because <laughs> so we were doing music it was one of my first ones. It was Music Fest 2003. It was Squeezer's first music fest. That's how long him and I have been working together. Yeah. Uh, he left for a bit to work on forensic files, but then he always comes back. Okay. Um, so we're going out to do the the man on the street interviews, like you know that main walkway that comes down to the entrance of Fest Plots. Yes. So we're going out there, and we had this battery light that it was like a a light, and there was a pole, and there was like a battery thing that you put on it, and you held it for the talent. And the one guy, Jimmy, who's still there with us, was telling Derek at the time, "This you, this your job's to hold the pole, and you gotta you gotta hold it just right. You gotta squeeze it, get the right grip on it, and then Pete." A guy I used to work with us goes, yeah, you're the squeezer. And oh. he has not been anything else since 2003 than squeezer. That's cool. It's, it's not many of us are lucky enough to have a nickname like into our 40s. You know, <laughs> yeah, I, don't know. I don't know how old he is, but. Yeah, he's, he's 40, just turned 40. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think that's special. Yeah, it is. I mean, he, he uh, when he came back, so he left to go do forensic files with MedStar. And then uh, second second or third year Iron Picks, he came back and started working part-time for us. And he tried to be like, no, guys, it's it's Derek now. And we're like, no, it's Squeezer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You'll always yeah. be Squeezer. Skeeter, what a guy. Skeeter, Can't wait to meet him one day. Sweet little boy. Um, I was looking at other like stores that were in our mall's um, uh, Suncoast video. Yeah. You could uh, buy a VHS tape for $125. <laughs> Yep. Yep. I bought clerks um, there for like seventy bucks. Oh my gosh, seventy dollars! It was like seventy dollars. Yeah. The, I can't even fathom. The that. first VHS tape that was low cost was Batman eighty nine. It was nine ninety nine, and they mass produced so many of them. That's how they got it low. But no, they VHS tapes for like like an indie movie were really expensive back then. Wow, interesting. And they mass produced Batman because it was such a hit. Yeah, and they okay. knew they'd sell tons. Hmm. Um. the The other thing I wrote down, which a photo came up when I was googling it, but there there wasn't one in our store. Maybe there was one at the King of Prussia Mall, um, towards Philadelphia, but was a Warner Brothers store. There was one at the King of Prussia Mall. Yeah, yeah, and that took me back for a moment because. And so it leads to a question I have for you. So I went like one of the first times I went to New York, I remember my dad taking me into the Warner brothers store and I got a necklace that had the Superman symbol on it. Um, and it wasn't just like a charm. It was almost like the, the chain met each like top corner of the symbol. So it almost was like the symbol looked a little thicker. I don't know. I I liked it. It was like one of the first things I got that made me feel cool mm. um i don't know so i must have been in elementary school at some point um and then like that superman symbol kind of became like my thing meaning like what i would doodle on my papers at school or like when i was on the swim team if someone would like do body paint to like pump up for a big meet like you know you would we would do stuff like i was always had the superman symbol like I think kids do that, like find an animal or a thing that Did is you like, oh yeah, this defines me now. Did read you the ha- read the books or or watch no, the cartoons? Right? I was just no? a poser. No, oh, I don't know. Man. I got excited no for a reason. second. I mean, Superman was fucking Boy Scout when. So, 
Frank Miller, and, and if you ever read the Frank Miller Dark Knight Returns books and you've seen the current Batman movies since Batman 89 until now, that's what yeah. influenced all of them. And in that, like that's, we thought we were so cool reading Frank Miller's Batman because he cursed a little bit in it and he calls Superman the Boy Scout. Okay. You know, he's like, oh, the Boy Scout, you know? And um, so I, I, I kind of like skated with Superman when I read like Justice League books, but I was Batman till I, I will be Batman till I die. Okay. Well, and it, I think it was for me, it was like Spice Girl era, like this girl power. Like I'm super woman. Uh, okay. that it didn't have anything to do with like <laughs> the comics. It was just like symbolic, but and maybe girls, little girls do this more, but did you have like a thing? Like, oh yeah. This is my, was Batman like your thing? Like, yeah, he totally was my mom. I have a picture. You remember puffy paint? <laughs> Yeah, of course. My mom would go to AC Moore and buy like a plain black t-shirt and white puffy paint. And, you know, instead of going and buying me a Batman t-shirt, she'd, and she'd do the Batman logo on it and then put my name in it. <laughs> in case I forgot who I was. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was, I mean, I was always, until my brother stopped caring about Batman, I was always Robin because the little brother, but um, mm -hmm. yeah, I love, I've, Batman has been, and I love Batman. I still do love Batman. That last movie yeah. they came out with was freaking awesome. Yeah. So bringing it back to ectoplasmic residue and, and <laughs> everyone, every kid just getting kidnapped. That was the other thing was to have Ryan on your shirt. I remember my mom saying like, you know, if you play for your local youth soccer, you could like buy a jacket and get your name embroidered. Right. Um, they used to have I those like LL Bean backpacks with your name on it too. Right. But I had got, just got my name embroidered, and I remember someone saying to me, like, you know, now, like, a stranger could come up to you and say, hi, Kate, I'm friends with your mom. Come with me, because you can read your name. And I remember being terrified. Uh, and I don't think I would put my name on anything since. Yeah, I don't know if my parents were really worried about me. They worried about Chris, but I was strange. I was a strange kid. And, no like, one to steal if me. someone came up to me and was like, Hey Ryan, I know you. They it like after like maybe four minutes of a blank stare, <laughs> they would have been like, "Okay, I'm gonna go. <laughs> nice to meet <Yeah>. you." <laughs> you know, no, you know, that's just who I was. It was. Uh, I'm sure I land somewhere on the spectrum, but uh, you know, who knows? We yeah. joke about that, and to work in television, you have to kind of be somewhere on that spectrum. Yeah, yeah. You know, I said I recently told my friends that I had said to my mom once. Um, I think this was probably post-college or early college. Um, you know, kind of when you start like opening up, like remember that one time I said I was here, but I was actually here with my friends. But I, but academically I said to him like, you know, I think I have like an undiagnosed, like learning disability, like a little <laughs> dyslexia or something. She's like, I could see that. Yeah. I'm like, why did you? She's like, yeah. Like, I hey, thought we, we all knew that. I'm we like, still why made did it. That help me. <laughs> <laughs> Look at where we are. We made it. They were fine. Yeah. We didn't yeah. need any help. Um, it also is, it also, I mean, I, I'm not saying I'm not diagnosing you, but it's also, I just kind of learned how to use my creative brain later in life, you know, or appreciate it. Um, what maybe made me a little bit more scattered or not care so much about school in the traditional sense. Yeah. I mean, it's just, um, uh, the same. Yeah. There's, there's, yeah. there's different, now we know there's different forms of learning. Right. And like right. putting a kid in a math class when they, their brain does, is not wired for that is not always the best thing. And like I took the SATs to appease my mom, but I did not give a shit. You know what I mean? I, yes. I was like, I knew what I wanted to do and I knew it didn't require any fancy book learning. So, mm -hmm. 
you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, did you, where'd you go to college? Did you go to college? Well, I went, I, I, I guess I would trained at film school with New York film Academy. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. But gotcha. nothing I learned there is it's, I learned on film <laughs> shortly. Right. It was, it, you know, no one shoots on film anymore, but Quentin Tarantino or like mm -hmm. Chris Nolan who could afford it. But you learn like, oh. you know, you learn composition and editing and, and stuff like that. Um, right. Right. I want to, I'm actually gonna have to get my kids off the bus soon. Um, in a couple well, that's minutes. A, that's a good time to wrap up then, I guess. Right. Yeah, but I wanted to tell you, I thought about this. Uh, the reason I asked about college, I heard you talking about your starter jacket. Oh, hell yeah. Um, and were you saying you got that like recently bought a new one or the, what you wore back then? No, um, I would like to, but the, it's, uh, this company called, uh, homage or homage or however you want to say it, uh, re-release starter jackets for nfl teams and i was a, i'm a vikings fan i was a vikings fan okay uh and i would very much like to get it but i don't think diana would let me leave the house in it okay gotcha gotcha um i only say because i had a temple university starter jacket sick um which was like kept me pretty neutral yeah yeah um in the in the debate with the, the kid with the cowboys jacket and the charlotte hornets um yeah no one felt threatened by the kid in the vikings jacket either <laughs> yeah yeah um but i also felt like not but i was like yeah like i i just the fact that it was like an obscure like semi-decent basketball team yeah um philly five feel like i could be like yeah i, I don't have time for you guys debating about NFL. I'm just over here watching college basketball. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but really my parents went to temple and I don't even know where I got it, but barbaric the, game was, somewhere else. A street cred that came with those starter jackets. Yeah. absolutely. And they're warm as fuck too, man. Yeah. Yeah. They're really toasty jackets. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, well, I hope I introduced myself to the rad years in a way you had hoped yeah absolutely else that you wanted to know about um i mean we could talk again for for sure and i know but we did on. three hours today so i think that's yes. a that's a that's yeah. very rad years like going three hours yes. and and if you say what do you talk about like well you know <laughs> this and some retro stuff yeah well so I'm, i want to end this is just hitting me now that i was researching like nostalgia and like like the psychology and what it means for human beings right and it's like very like a pro-social emotion meaning it it um you know brings us all the good warm and fuzzies and helps us learn about the past so we can make better choices in the future blah 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 the only time it turns into a negative emotion is like when um or has like negative outcomes is when it's like two one or two people talking about things that the group is not nostalgic about so you and i just talked about like high school for a while so maybe we just alienated all of your listeners <laughs> um yeah, but if Squeezer and yeah. if Skeeter and I haven't alienated all our listeners already, I don't think what we just did is gonna do it. Okay, good, good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Skeeter has a really loyal following, so I they I come for him. So I don't even know if they'll listen to this without him. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I would love to come back on someday and meet Skeeter. Yeah, we'll definitely have you on uh, yeah. one day, and just the three of us. We'll just we'll just double team on like the like Parkland against Whitehall on them and say what oh, a totally. shitty. Well, I mean, e e easy. Poor okay. school you went to, Skeeter, that had the only three-month-old hoagies. Yeah. yeah while, while, exactly. we had, while we had our Pizza Hut and our Ramshack. 
Yeah. And just to give a little bit of an overview, my husband went to Allen, which was like the inner city school compared yeah. to our Parkland. And we were watching um, Dazed and Confused once. Oh, one of my favorite movies. Yeah. And he just looks at me and goes, this is how I imagined every party at Parkland was. <laughs> you know, like if you were a kid who didn't go there, you're just like, oh, I bet at Parkland they was like, they're having 20 keggers right now with 150,000 kids. And, and, a, and a trunk uh, full of beer. Yeah, all day, every day, Monday through Friday. <laughs> Absolutely. There's yeah, the, the yeah. moon towers everywhere. Exactly. All right, Ryan. Well, it was so good to talk to you. I hope to see you in person soon. Yeah, absolutely. It's right. We probably haven't seen each other in person for 23 years, but yeah, yeah. one day. Yes. <laughs> all right. Thanks, all right. Kate. Take care. Bye. Yeah, bye, everybody.